0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States, and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem, we'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are in the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 3, we'll be putting in at verse 7 through verse 11. And we are coming to another one of the warning signs, the, the, the danger signs uh, in Hebrews, as Dr. McGee calls them. Uh, these are the, today is the danger of doubting or the danger of having a hardened heart. And so our first danger sign we saw back in chapter two is the danger of drifting, drifting away from your faith, doing nothing with your faith and what that results in. And now we come to the danger of doubting, the danger of letting your heart just be filled up with other stuff. The have you ever just felt like you're you're far away from God or you're just you're you're just overwhelmed with life in general, you know? There's so many people walking around today That they have so many things on their mind, so many worries. Um, I've read a study, uh, there's been studies that say about one in five people, uh, anywhere you go, are really upset in their hearts or depressed. One in five people, that's, you know, wherever you go, a fifth of the people in the room are really depressed. And even though they may be smiling and talking to you, They're really depressed. It's amazing in society today with all the technology and with all the different advancements that we've made, and there's been a lot of advancements made, we have some of the most depressed people in society that we've ever had. And that's because that people's hearts are filled with so many different things Other than God's words, with so many different agendas, other than God's purposes and God's plan. And people just today allow their hearts not to be centered on Christ. Just a little, just a few degrees to the left or a few degrees to the right will make a boat go completely off course the longer it sails, just by one or two degrees. A boat can't get to where it's supposed to go. If the, if the, if the astronauts going to the moon were off by just a degree, they'd miss their orbit. They'd miss the moon or they'd miss their ability to come home. And it's the same thing with, with, with our hearts. If we're off just a little bit, sin can creep in. Pride can creep in. Our own self-worth can creep in. And pretty soon what happens is our hearts continue not to be centered on Christ. And pretty soon our hearts just start being centered on ourselves. Pretty soon our hearts just settle on whatever comes at us. And we go through our days just reacting to whatever the world throws at us. And then we just kind of react and then we react again, and then we're making our plans based on what the world's throwing at us, or what the world's wanting to give us, and we don't have our plans based on what God's purpose is. Now, God's purpose is always going to be different from the world, because this world is full of sin. This world is a broken place, and By definition, if you let your heart be centered on the world and whatever the world's throwing at you, well, you might as well just forget about God altogether because God's purposes and plans are not going to be from this world. It's so easy for us to let our hearts centered on God when something good happens. We want to thank God. Or it's so easy to center our hearts on God when we want something. When we're hungry or we want to get something and we center our hearts on God for a few minutes, maybe a few hours, maybe a few days or weeks, we center our hearts on God. Or when we're going through a trouble or when we've got a disease or something like that or when we're suffering with terrible tragedy, we'll focus on God. But then after the focus is over and if we don't get what we want or if our situation doesn't change, We start focusing on the need again. We start focusing on ourselves, And all too often this happens. And it is the danger of letting your faith be dictated by your feelings. And McGee said over and over that faith is not a feeling. Faith is a, is a trust. Now, it's not a blind trust. Blind trust means you wouldn't know what you're trusting in. But we've got the Word of God. We've got the Word of God to tell you exactly what your trust is. And we've got Jesus on the cross laying it all out what your trust is. You're trusting in the power of God the Father to raise you from the dead just like He raised Jesus Christ from the dead and forgive you of His sins just as Christ forgives us on the cross of our sins you know exactly what you're putting your faith in. And you know exactly that the result of that faith is a risen Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. You know exactly what you're putting your faith in. But faith is not a feeling. And if you let your faith be determined whether or not you get an answer to a prayer or whether or not life works out good for you this week or whether or not you just feel better about something or whether or not your disease is getting better. If you let that determine what your faith is, then you're letting your faith be determined by feelings and your feelings are determined by the world. And essentially your faith is just whatever happens to you. And that is a doubting faith because your faith is only based on what you can see. And it's not based on a heart that is centered on Christ. And that's what we come to today. The warning, the danger sign, the warning, the danger sign of doubting, of letting your hearts be hardened. And so we see in verse 7 through 11, this is an example of people whose hearts are hardened. Now, we just got through talking about Jesus is superior to Moses. Even though Moses was faithful and Jesus was faithful, faithful. The passage is not there to criticize Moses, but Jesus is superior to Moses because Jesus is the Son of God. And the house that, that that um, like this analogy we said to the house, Moses was a servant in the house. Jesus made the house. And after his time on the cross, the house is like We live in the house too. We are in the body of Christ. Jesus made the house and his body, his body of Christ is the house that we live in, that we, the servants of God, live in. So Jesus in every way is superior to Moses in terms of his lineage, his authority, and also um, his eternity because his house, his body is eternal life. So now, with all that being said, then we come to a danger sign of doubting this. Are you going to have the ultimate truth? In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus tells us that he's the only way, he's the only truth, and he's the only way for eternal life. So we just got through eloquently looking at that earlier in chapter 3, but now after all of that, after knowing Jesus is superior to everybody in heaven, he's superior to the angels, and Jesus is superior to everyone who's ever lived on the earth, starting with Moses himself, okay, with all of this truth and all of this authority, the danger is of doubting it. You're going to doubt that? Or of letting your hearts be hardened to doubt it. And so the example goes back to the nation Israel. You know, when we, we're we carrying on that analogy to Moses. You know, Moses was faithful, okay? But he was not anywhere near Christ. So what about the people that Moses was leading? So this Moses analogy continues because we were talking about Moses um Jesus being superior to Moses. And now we're talking about the people that Moses was superior to, the nation of Israel. Okay? What about their hearts? Therefore, verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, and we're going to be reading here, but this is taken from Psalm 95, verse 7 through 11. Okay? Psalm 95 Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. This rebellion means Jesus, uh, the nation Israel's rebellion against Moses and against God's word. On the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. So God let the nation Israel wander in the wilderness for 40 years because of their sin, because of their hearts being hardened, because they had rejected God's commandments that Moses brought down from the mountain. God left them in the wilderness for 40 years because their hearts were hardened. They saw the work of God for 40 years. They put God the Father to the test. Verse 10, therefore I was provoked with that generation. In other words, God the Father was he was troubled. He was angry with that generation. And said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. And so, the problem with the nation is, Of Israel at that time we see is their hearts were hardened even though they had the word of God right before them even though they were in the presence of Moses himself who saw God and God wrote this down the way to live for them their hearts could not focus on God they had too many things on their own mind we're out here in the wilderness somebody's going to come and conquer us again we were we at least we had it good in egypt as slaves now we're out here as free people but we've got to work for ourselves and we don't want that so now god puts these people on a welfare program he puts them on a socialist welfare program for 40 years he uh, he subsidizes their food He protects them. He underwrites their existence. And their hearts just continue to be hardened. Even though somebody's giving you the food, giving you the protection, allowing you to, quote, recuperate, what does it do to the human heart? Well, the human heart doesn't have to work. The human heart doesn't have to examine itself. The human heart doesn't have the negative feedback of of having to go out and fail at something to work. human heart takes God's blessings for granted. The human heart only wants more. So they've gone astray in their heart. And it's a metaphor um, when you think about it. Israel wandering in the wilderness is a metaphor for what was going on in their hearts. Their hearts were wandering all over the place where they needed to be centered on Christ. They needed to be centered on God. They didn't know Christ at the time, but centering on God the Father. Now we have Christ, but at this point, they had Moses leading them, they had the God's word, the commandments. God wanted them to center their hearts on Him. And today, when we don't center our hearts on Christ, when we don't center our hearts on God the Father, we allow our hearts to be wandering in a wilderness, just like this world is a wilderness. It doesn't look like a wilderness, but it is a wilderness, because it's not centered on God. You're letting your own heart just wander in your own wilderness. And you're wandering through life. Just reacting to whatever's coming down. Or taking for granted your faith. Taking for granted the blessings that God gives you. And not acknowledging them every day. And not being thankful for them every day. Just wandering through the wilderness of the world. Letting your heart wander through the wilderness in your own heart. And when you do that. When you take God's Word for granted, you allow your heart to doubt His Word. Why? Because you're taking it for granted, and you're not even centered on it. And then you start placing more of your faith in the world, and what you're having to deal with every day, than what you can't see. You don't necessarily see God, but God wants you to put your faith in something you haven't seen yet. That's what faith is. It's a trust. It's a trust in what you know, but maybe haven't seen. Although you see the examples of God's handiwork everywhere. So they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. Verse 11, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. In other words, in verse 11, God was angry with this generation and he swore that these people with hardened hearts who are falling away, who, who are not faithful people as Moses was faithful and as Christ was faithful and God the Father was faithful in his words. These people are not faithful people and they shall not enter my rest. They shall not enter the peace that comes From knowing God. They shall not enter in that peace that only comes through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Powerful lesson, isn't it, folks? Powerful lesson for us today. Are you wandering in the wilderness? Am I wandering in the wilderness? Are our hearts being hardened by the world or are our hearts protected by being centered on Christ? If our hearts are not centered on Christ and if our hearts are taking God the Father for granted, if our hearts are taking Jesus Christ for granted, we are taking what He did for us on the cross for granted. And it only separates us from god just like israel was separated from god and those who allow their hearts to doubt their hearts to be hardened to be separated from god will never enter his peace will never enter his rest the one of the fruits of the spirit Love, joy, peace, love. Jesus Christ is love. He's a blessing from God. Joy. Jesus Christ is the good news in our world. Joy is our natural reaction that comes from being blessed from the gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's gift to us comes in joy. It is given in joy. We should receive it in joy. That's the only proper response to this joyful news. Jesus gives us this gift with joy. Even on the cross, when Jesus is dying, in Psalm 22, 22, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. Jesus' mind is. Just after he is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? His mind turns to praise. His mind turns to singing. His mind turns to the joy that is ours in him from the gift he has given us. And from that joy, from that trust, from that faith, We become children of God because we've been given to Christ and we enter into His peace because we have peace with God the Father. We have been sanctified through Jesus Christ and now we can enter into a peaceful relationship with God as His children. We have peace. That's the only way we have peace on earth. is through Jesus Christ. Don't let your hearts harden. Don't let your hearts doubt. It is so important. What a big warning sign in the book of Hebrews. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ. And I'll see you guys next time. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over. To my, ed, uh, my ever-present co-host, Matali, Matali in Zambia. Matali can't wait to listen to what you have to say today. God bless you all. Take care. and We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Hebrews chapter 3, beginning at verse 6 all the way to verse 10. So as we began this chapter, chapter 3, there is a comparison and contrast made between Moses and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the writer here doesn't find fault with Moses. You know, M- Moses was faithful. He says Moses was, you know, faithful. And there is no reference to failure by Moses. Though he did break the tablet, uh, he, sm- he, he, he did smite the tablet. Uh, but there is no reference to any failure because Moses was faithful to his house. And, you know, the difference is, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ is the creator of the house that Moses was faithful to. And Moses was a servant in the house that he was faithful to. So we have here a contrast between the son and the servant, between the creator and the creature. So we have a contrast between the ruler and the one obeying. The Lord Jesus Christ is superior to Moses. So he is superior to Moses, to the prophets, and to the angels. So both Moses and Jesus you know they enunciated an ethical system, and Moses, you know if anything, gave the greatest legal system, the greatest law ever. so Moses gave the law and Jesus um, in the Sermon of the Mount, enunciated a system of laws, but you know there is a difference in the two, so they both enunciated um, an ethical system to follow, so the law which came from God through moses um you know there were laws that had to do with the conduct of a person you know do not steal do not um envy so it had to do with the conduct of a person and when the lord gave the sermon on the mount which began with the beatitudes you know and that's blessed are the pure heart for they shall see god so it doesn't have to do with The conduct of a person, but with the person's character. So, the ethical demand of Christ on the Sermon of the Mountain, you know, when given apart from God's saving grace, when it's just given on its own, um, without the saving grace of God um, and the Lord Jesus Christ um, in his death and resurrection on the cross, then, you know, this presents a hopeless system. won't work if if, if it's just given alone that someone on the mount minus the death and resurrection of Christ so it's a hopeless system to man today so the someone on the mount apart from the redemption uh, we have in Christ has made you know more hypocrites in the church today so it's only through Christ's redemption that we can even teach ethics and that's for real like today this is correct so it's it's, it's it's through Christ's redemption. If we don't teach Christ's redemption that he died and, and uh, you know, for our sins and rose again, um, then it, it's, it's actually hopeless. You know, you can't go in church and, and preach, uh, you know, remove, you know, Jesus out of it and decide to preach um, the ethics. So it's only through Christ's redemption that we can even teach ethics. So God spoke through Moses on Mount Sinai and um you know there was terror thunder there was lightning you know um there was even instruction that the cattle should not actually go there uh close to where um moses um god was actually speaking to moses but god has actually spoken to us today differently he has spoken to us on that hill called calvary where he shed his blood to redeem us Uh, the blood of jesus christ redeems us you know when he shed his blood to actually save us um on that particular cross where our savior was crucified and from there um you know fl- you know and from there flowered the grace of god so from that the death of christ on that cross on that hill in calvary it flowered the grace of god and that's when you know god's grace God uh, got flowered which saves us today so we're saved by the grace of god we're not saved by any of the works that we actually do or like uh, i miss good teach at Sunday school, I go to church when I'm required to go to church and all that doesn't save us, it's the grace of God by which we are saved and it's not only by law that we are saved so you know we now have the contrast and um, comparison where now we see that Jesus is actually superior to Moses and you know we are asked to consider now the apostle and the high priest of our confession so now um, here um, in verse 7 we have come to the second danger sign so we talked about um, is it four different danger signs that um, a Christian may come in to uh, contact with so now we come to the second danger sign let me just read chapter 3 verse 7 and it is therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today you will hear His voice. So, you know, there is like a peril of uh, doubting. We need to consider when, you know, this particular book was actually written, and the circumstances it was, and the circumstances in which it was actually written in. So there is a peril of actually doubting. So. Putting everything into consideration of um, you know when this particular uh, book was written and the circumstances you know in order to actually if we put that into consideration this is the only way we'll find this particular book meaningful to us so if I go back to verse 6 it reads verse 6 of chapter 3 but Christ as a son over his own house whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end so that's verse six and you know verse six concludes by saying that christ is a son he is a creator and not a servant that's what verse six here says and remember six actually let me just read it christ as a son so it says he's the son, over his own house, so his, it's his house so he's the creator, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing and, and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, so verse 6 reveals that um, it concludes and reveals that Christ is the son the creator and he is not the servant, so we belong to this house today the body of believers the family of God, that's the house we belong to, that Christ actually created, so the proof that you know we are children of God is um to God who knows our hearts he He can prove it because He knows our hearts, and we are going to be rejoicing in the hope firm to the end, since we hold fast, so if we hold fast to the Lord and the Lord proves that we are His children, you know we will be rejoicing you know for that future blessed hope the coming of the lord jesus christ we will be you know, and we will hold firm to the end since you know we're holding actually we're holding fast we are faithful to him we're faithful to god so now verse 7 it opens with therefore the word therefore again or wherefore is used so it's a swinging door basically um it's a door that swings um from the past into the future, it's it's basically just a swinging door, um, and you know, um, it's opening with this reference, wherefore. So verse seven, let me just quickly read it. Verse seven reads, "Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear His voice, so, um, you know, we're going back into the past in the Old Testament and into the New Testament. So it's 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 more of a swinging door. Um, let me just read down so that you know, verse seven actually just. We'll add more substance to it it says um, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness therefore where your fathers tested me tried me and saw my works 40 years so now here he says therefore in view of what has been already said if the word Spoken by Moses and the prophets was so important. What more the words actually, that are actually spoken by Jesus, who is higher than the prophets and higher than Moses? So we need to be very careful about doubting him. Verse 7, you know, it's a quotation from um, the book of Psalms, chapter 95, verses 11, 7 all the way to verse 11. And Psalms reads, verse uh, Psalms 95, verse 7, I'll begin reading. It says, For he is our God, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his land. Today you will hear his voice. Do not pardon your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial, in the wilderness. When your father tested me, they tried me through they tried me though they saw my work for 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways so I saw in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest okay so um, here this is a quotation from um, um sorry Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 is a quotation from Psalms 95. So we have the interpretation in Psalms. So Psalms has just simplified it and de- interpreted it for us. So Israel is given to us as an example. Right? So the Israelites doubled um oh sorry, the Israelites rather, sorry doubted God cause um, of because of this particular doubt that they had, they actually never entered the promised land of Canaan, because they doubted God. So this refers to those uh, that came out of the land of Egypt. So the passage here um, in verse seven, it's closed with the word rest. Actually, not in verse in verse seven. In actually, Psalms ninety-five verse seven to eleven. So verse eleven, it actually closes with um, the following words. So I swore. In my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Right. So here, um, the last verse ends with rest, and there are, you know, a number of you know references in this chapter um, and the next to the word rest. So the word rest in uh, this section, you know, it doesn't always mean the same kind of rest so there is you know the rest of salvation and Christ meant this when he said um, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden I'll rest you so that is you know he lifts the burden of sin from us if we go to him because um, you know he bore it for us on the cross so we don't have to do anything we just have to go to him and believe in him and you know, our sins are forgiven, and we have redemption through the blood. And all we have to do is just go to Him, we just have to believe in Him. You know, let us not be doubting Thomas's like um, the Israelites doubted when they were in the wilderness, and they ended up being and staying in the wilderness because they doubted um, Christ, they doubted God. So the Hebrews here knew the rest of redemption, right um so they were no longer slaves in Egypt and they came out uh you know by blood and droplets you, sorry they they actually sorry they came out by blood they came out of Egypt by blood um uh, and the blood was um on the doorposts and they also came out by power you know when god split the, the 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 red sea um and held out the waves and they were able to and held out the water and they were able to actually cross the sea so christ went on and talked about, you know, coming unto him for rest. So he said, take my yoke upon here and learn and lean on me for I'm meek and lonely. And, you know, you shall find rest for your souls because he's a meek, sorry, not lonely, lowly. He's a meek and lowly God. So we shall find um, rest for our souls so this is a different kind of rest here that's being talked about so we had um the first kind of rest that was the rest of salvation now this is a different kind of rest and it's a rest of obedience enjoyment in our christian lives so we can't enter into canine you know that promised land we can't enter into that canine rest and obedience to god um you know we can't enter into that um that particular rest um, and obedience to God and of enjoying enjoying the fruits of um, you know the Christian life until we actually enter in through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ so there is um, an eternal rest and Jesus gives that particular rest and um, you know the word of um, God is actually quick and powerful so the only way that we can stay close to him the only way we can stay close to God is to stay close to the Word of God and the only um, way we can actually enjoy uh, the grace of his call and the fruits of the land is by studying the Word of God and that's the only way we can actually know God more if we actually study the Word of God and for me um, personally I have you know i can see a difference um i'm I'm more aware of my surrounding and you know more aware of you know what's in the bible now so today here the word of god starts enjoying him you know we're supposed to actually start enjoying um 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 god by learning more about him so we pass over on two canine by faith so we get to um, you know Kenan by faith if we actually just read um, if we actually just um, study the Word of God and are faithful to him so verse 8 and 9 he said harden not your hearts so as children of God you know harden not your hearts don't be stubborn and doubting like um, the Israelites who are stuck in the wilderness and verse 10 goes on to read he said They go astray with their hearts, so um, these children of God, eventually, obviously, they um, begin to doubt, and they end up going astray. So, um, yeah, this is today's teaching. It's been an interesting teaching. Um, I've learned um, quite a lot. You know, I've learned that you know, um, we'll just I will get to know more, more and more about God and get into this intimate relationship with him. If I meditate upon his word, if I study his word, you know, and only by studying his word do I get to know more about him and do I find rest in him, um, the rest that I so much seek, you know. Um, I am burdened, you know, with a with heavy laden and with sin because I am a sinner and if I take it all to the Lord, uh, he will handle it and he will um, carry it for me. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.